0: From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1
1: WIA. Into the teenies we go. Yes, 2010. A new decade, a new year for the WIA National News broadcast. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News. It is week commencing January the 2nd. We start this week and this New Year's broadcast with a reminder that this very special year we'll be celebrating the centenary of organised amateur radio here in Australia. The March through August celebrations are recognition of the foundation of the WIA and the very start of organised amateur radio in Australia during 1910. Prior to the Wireless Telegraphy Act of 1905 there was no real regulatory control of the radio spectrum although early demonstrations and experimentations began in Australia in the late 1890s. At the time, the government wanted to protect its revenue from the wired telegraph system and initially considered wireless telegraphy to be of little use, but it then became useful for ship-to-shore communications. Private wireless experimenters were considered a hindrance to the emerging maritime use of wireless. Others began to recognise a greater potential use of the technology. Conflict between the commercial and amateur use of the spectrum was evident. Licensed operation began in 1905. Within five years, experimenters needed to get organised for their very survival. On March 11, 1910, a meeting of like-minded people in the Hotel Australia, Martin Place, Sydney, formed the Institute of Wireless Telegraphy of Australia, soon after dropping the word telegraphy from its name. Chairman of this founding meeting, George Taylor, proposed the formation of an institution amongst experimenters and enthusiasts in wireless for their mutual benefit. As preparations get underway, don't forget to drop the WIA Centenary Committee and this WIA National News Service details of your celebration activities. Such is the story we ran last week from the very first plane in VK by Matthew Weatherly, VK4TMW, from the Toowoomba and Downs Wireless Group, who has organised a display of up to 40 radio transmitters and receivers dating from the 1920s through to modern times. And this display will run from March until June. VK7 REC, Snow Hill is off air indefinitely. Joe, VK7JG, reports that the top section of the VK7 REC tower has collapsed. This is part due to lack of maintenance, old age and several lightning strikes. One aerial was on this section and the second aerial was damaged by the falling tower. We've all heard of the bushfires in VK6 and 5 on our wia.org.au website the past week or so, we've seen reports from South Australia and Michael, VK5ZEA, their club rooms were destroyed by the bushfire.
2: Bit of a shocking thing to happen. Our building was shared with the SCS operations unit and uh, they lost everything as well. We've uh, had a storeroom full of historical radios from World War II and, uh, and they're all gone. And The club records, which are replaceable, are gone. Uh, all our antennas, test equipment, everything is all gone. Uh, yeah, so it's been a very uh, interesting week, especially uh, with two days uh, before Christmas when this happened. Uh, we didn't have any uh, insurance on any of the equipment. Uh, most of our funds in the club go towards keeping our repeaters uh, up on the air, uh, which we think is a very, very important service for the Amber community, so uh, we, we don't mind doing that sort of thing. Um, as far as our building is concerned, we were moving with the State Emergency Service to their new headquarters. They're having a new building. Uh, which is under construction right now, um, and we will be uh, moving with them. Um, the site where the existing club rooms were uh, have been sold, and uh, there's no plans to rebuild there. Um, of course, during the fire uh, the phone system here in Port Lincoln, it fell over. The NYXG system just could not cope under the strain of all the people using it, um, and plus the CFS, uh, Country Fire Service Alert system, would have uh, contributed to a bit of the congestion and uh, many people who were relying on the phone network were just unable to get calls through. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, give a message to my wife using D-Star. I carry a D-Star handheld radio with me virtually everywhere I go at work. I'm lucky enough to be able to to work in a a related industry to radio so I usually carry a handheld radio with me and I did have one on the afternoon of the fire and um, when I realized the phone system was broken I used DSTAR to get a message to mobile Wi Fi, was able to connect up to the Australian DSTAR reflector, and I put an urgent call out for anyone who had access to a telephone and could make a call for me. And uh, VK5ZSW Steve in Moonta, who's about 170 kilometres away from uh, the repeater, he took my call and was able to make a, a landline call back to home just to let my wife know that I was okay and that I was getting out of the, uh, the danger zone of the fire. Um, also, uh, Ross, VK3HBS, also he rang through as well, and that was very much appreciated that uh, he was able to get a message through to my wife as well. That's where we are at the moment. Uh, this is uh, Michael, VK5ZEA. And if anyone would like to contact me, uh, my email address is uh, accurate in QRZ, or you can uh, give me a call on my mobile phone at any time, 0408-427479. This is ak 5 ZDA, 73 is from Port Lincoln in South Australia.
3: Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard on the VK3 RMM Mount Macedon Repeater at 147.250, 10.30am Sunday mornings. I'm Brad, VK3 Triple FM.
4: Hems across Australia, heralding in the new decade. I'm Marilyn, VK3 DMS. VK2, Australian Special Event. Look for the special call sign VI2AJ2010 to be used by Scouts under the guidance of Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club members, VK2FFG, at Cataract Scout Park near Sydney during the Triennial Australian Scout Jamboree taking place from tomorrow, January 4th until January 14th. With registrations of over 10,000-plus Scouts and 3,000 Scout leaders, VI2AJ2010 will be active on HF, VHF and Node 6111 to promote their hobby. QSL via VK2FFG. VK3. Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF, Hayden McManus, VK3FRST, Marcus Bergland, VK3 TST, and Adam Scammell, VK3 YDF, will be on air from 0400 UTC on the 9th of January until 0100 UTC on the 10th of January. These four Scout Australia members from the Victorian Branch Scout Radio and Electronics Service Unit will be hiking the French Island National Park southeast of Melbourne. And will operate the Scout call sign VK3SAT for the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. Details of this award can be found on the Amateur Radio Victoria website. And here is one to put in that new diary you got for 2010 Yarra Valley Ham Fest sale on Sunday, the 28th of February 2010, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Hillsville Memorial Hall, Hillsville. Free tea and coffee, ample parking and a $5 entry. For table booking and further information, contact Gavin VK3GH on 03 5968 8482. And don't forget the special call VI3KIAH from Yarra Valley on February the 7th in recognition of last year's bushfires, as we also take time to think of the recent fires in South Australia and Western Australia.
0: I'm Trevor Tagg, VK4BAT, with the news from the Gympie Communications and Electronics Group. We were saddened to hear of the news about the bushfire destruction of the Lower Eyre Peninsula Amateur Radio Club Rooms. As we're still searching for a new club room that we can call home, we certainly feel for them and wish them well for a speedy rebuild. The first club meeting for 2010 will be held this Thursday night, January 7, at the usual location in the basement of Leading Edge Electronics. Entry is via Reef Street. The Gympie Group is having a Christmas New Year barbecue on Sunday, the 10th of January. The location will be the Duck Ponds on the north side of town, and the time, 11.30am. Mark January 10 in your diary, and we'll see you there. Everyone is welcome.
4: Thanks, Trevor. Over in VK6, the Hills Amateur Radio Group at 2pm on February the 7th are planning a buy and sell. The venue is the HARG Club Rooms on the corner of Sanderson and Brady Roads, Liz Murdy. Sellers set up from 12 pm, buyers admitted from 2 pm. To reserve a $5 table, call Marty Martin. VK7. The next two meetings of the Northwest Tasmanian ATV Group are both scheduled for Saturday, the 6th of February. The first of these will be the annual general meeting of the club and as per the rules, all five executive positions of the club will be declared vacant at this meeting. Any financial members of the club are entitled to nominate for any of the positions. If any member feels he or she would like to have a go at holding an executive position within the club, here is your chance. The second meeting will be the general meeting of the club, and will take place immediately at the conclusion of the AGM. Well, there we are with the first around VK for 2010. I'm Marilyn, VK3DMS. You are tuned to VK1WIA.
0: From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed
3: via VK1WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason VK2LAW. For those who got a wee for Christmas and have been skiing, then listen up. New radio technique aids training competition skiers. Tiny radio transmitters on skis are helping competitive skiers analyse their technique. These units can be attached to an athlete's skis and transmit through small antennas located to the front and the back of the skis. Receiving stations placed alongside a slope in regular intervals pick up the signals and analyse the time a signal needs to travel from the antenna to a station, thus accurately determining an antenna's position within three centimetres. A computer attached to the receiver calculates the position of the skis every millisecond and displays their exact path on a monitor. The Austrian firm Abatech developed the system. It says that it's adaptable to just about any sport that requires a close study of athlete performance and event timing and, as they say, steer clear of the yellow snow. Take part in an HF Audio Art experiment. Kapwani Kawanga, a Canadian artist who works primarily with sound and vision, invites radio amateurs with good HF capabilities to take part in an audio art project on 20 metres. Kapwani will transmit a message on 20 metres from the Netherlands to territories that have an historic link with Holland. Participants are asked to retransmit the received message back to her and then you send it back and so on and so on. This ping pong effect will increasingly distort the message finally resulting in an abstract artistic sound recording. She has created an original sound piece based on archives of 1940s Dutch programming found at Radio Netherlands. Her sound creation will include some morse code and sound recordings. It will not be music in the conventional sense power company told to turn off interference in the airband. No, it's not BPL this time, but Duke Energy, which is an electric utility servicing North Carolina that has been ordered to cease operating a small portion of its power grid. This because of its inability to remedy RFI on 111.7 megahertz that the FCC deems to be a hazard to flight safety. Frank Haas, KB4T, has more in this report.
5: The story goes this way. In response to a complaint of interference, on November 25th, an agent of the FCC's Norfolk office inspected power line facilities belonging to Duke Energy located near the Falls Lake Reservoir in Durham and Wake Counties, North Carolina. During the examination, the agent observed the facilities radiating energy on frequencies including 111.7 megahertz. The FCC says this caused harmful interference to air navigation aids used by pilots flying into nearby Raleigh-Durham International Airport. Later the same day, the agent notified the call center for Duke Energy of the harmful interference and of the need to cease operations at the affected locations. The call center supervisor stated someone would contact the agent about the interference in a few days. So the FCC waited the few days. But as of December 2nd, seven days later, Duke Energy had not contacted the FCC about the interference or notified it that operations had been turned off at the affected locality. So on December 3rd, the FCC got tough. It notified Duke Energy that operation of the power line facilities was causing interference in violation of section 15.5 b of the Commission's rules. It directed Duke Energy to cease operations at the affected locations immediately and keep that part of the grid shut down until repairs had been made. It also told Duke that failure to comply could subject the company to additional enforcement action against it. According to the regulatory agency, Violations of the Communications Act or the FCC rules could subject the violator to substantial monetary forfeitures or seizure of equipment. It could also lead to criminal sanctions, including imprisonment. Reporting for the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Frank Haas, KB4T in Holly Hill, Florida.
0: United Kingdom hams, involved in 500 kHz experimentation, have had their license notices of validity extended to 2012. This to permit the continued evaluation of that band. On Wednesday, December 16, UK telecommunications regulator Ofcom announced that following requests made by the Radio Society of Great Britain, the period of validity for all 501 to 504 kilohertz notices of validity is to be extended. This follows negotiations with the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency, which led Ofcom to extending the validity period to February 29, 2012. The notices of validity, which are the UK equivalent of the FCC's granting of a special temporary authority, were originally planned to expire at the end of February 2010.
5: Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF.
2: Across Australia from Victor Kilo 1 Whiskey India Alpha, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Townsville region you can hear this news on the Victor Kilo 4 Romeo Alpha Tango and Victor Kilo 4 Whiskey India Tango radio systems, 146 decibel 7 megahertz at 2300 hours Universal Coordinated Time, which translates to 9am Townsville Standard Time every Sunday morning. From the Tarkadian retransmit team, this is Gavin, Victor Kilo for Zulu Zulu.
6: Operational News, this is Felix, VK4FUQ. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010. February 27 and 28, Jock White Memorial Field Day Contest. March 13 and 14, RSGB Commonwealth Contest. March 20 and 21, John Moyle Field Day. The 7th Annual Antarctic Activity Week, the international event to celebrate Antarctica, will be held from February 22 to 28. You can get additional details including stations that plan on operating during the event at the printed version of this news when you connect to the podcast and RSS feeds at wia.org.au. EPC WWDX Contest 2010 The European PSK Club has invited radio amateurs from all over the world to participate in the EPC WWDX Contest 2010. The objective of this contest is to establish as many contacts as possible between radio amateurs around the world by using BPSK-125 mode. The contest will be held from 12 hours UTC on February 27 to 12 hours UTC on February 28. Special event calls begin DXN NetAdvice. EI-2 GBW Island to Great Britain Ferry Celebrations ends March 31. GB2 EI Great Britain to Island Ferry Celebrations ends March 31 vi 3 KOAH acknowledging Black Saturday bushfires, 2pm to 8pm local, February 7. Over on Norfolk Island, some unusual DX activity is planned. Let's hear from one of the local VK4 Q News regulars. One of our club members,
7: Kevin VK4 Uniform Hotel, will be joining the VHF UHF Microwave expedition from the 3rd of January to the 14th of January 2010. The expedition is to Norfolk Island and will be operating as VK9 November Alpha. And the ex- expedition will be operating on the following bands 6 metres with 100 watts with a 3 element yagi, 2 metres with 360 watts with a 10 element yagi, 70 centimetres with 110 watts with a 23 element yagi, 23 centimetres with a 90 watts and a 1.2 metre dish, 13 centimetres with 20 watts and a 1.2 metre dish, 9 centimetres with 20 watts and a 1.2 metre dish. 6cm with 15 watts and a 1.2m dish and 3cm with 5 watts and a 1.2m dish The team will be using Yaesu FT-897 Delta and FT-817 November Delta radios and we'll be using the following modes Single Sideband, FSK441, JT65A, a and C&CW and C and Kevin Advisor Club last Monday night's get-together, all the details of the exhibition can be found on the net at www.vk9na.com
6: And the day-to-day details will be available on VK Logger. And of course we all know Norfolk's various grid square locators, don't we? Well, if you need to know a grid square, in this week's printed script for interest to E radio amateurs who chase grid squares or grid locators, there are two great websites, well worth a visit. Finally from Ingham in this week's operational spot, some shortwave news. Relay station off the air. There has been a fire in the high voltage room of the external mains power supply at Radio Netherlands Worldwide Relay Station in Madagascar. Firefighters from the Madagascan capital and Tinarovo managed to bring the blaze under control within hours. The fire destroyed the high voltage circuit breaker equipment. Broadcasts from Madagascar were suspended. Satellite and internet broadcasts are not affected. Some transmissions move to other sites, but because of the Christmas holidays, this took longer than usual to organize. Senator Feingold wants Radio Marti to go QRT. US Senator Russ Feingold's Spotlight on Spending Series has taken aim at Radio and TV Marti. Feingold, a member of the Senate Budget Committee, calls Radio and TV Marti a relic of Cold War attempts to broadcast radio and TV signals in Cuba that virtually no one tunes into anymore. According to Feingold, government studies show that Radio and TV Marti are riddled with problems and fall short of journalistic standards. He also says that as the United States progresses towards a more modern and constructive relationship with Cuba, that radio and TV Martín no longer have any real diplomatic or fiscal purpose. For the Wireless Institute of Australia's weekly news service, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. From
0: the WIA, this is the weekly national news service, originating from
8: VK1WIA. G'day, John, VK2JJW here, and this is Media Watch, Radio and Electronics Association of Southern Tasmania. This story started with a phone message left by Janet, who is Ian VK7IR's XYL. The message was a little concerning as it said that Ian would not be able to do the VK7 broadcast as he was in hospital. This left the broadcast coordinator and a number of other people a little concerned about Ian's welfare. After a few days, A wonderful email arrived from Ian with the following humorous message. Sorry about last week. Things happened rather quickly. My master oscillator was suffering some frequency instability with consequent dropouts at rare intervals, which would have been nasty under several circumstances. This has now been fixed by locking the MO to an implanted frequency standard, which is working well, and I shall be available as required from now on. Cheers, 73, Ian. I think we all wish Ian and Janet a very happy new year and look forward to hearing his voice for many years to come.
9: Remembering the unit men. Hello, I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, with the first in a series of brief looks at those who made discoveries and have their names as units of measurement. George Simon Ohm was a remarkable individual born in 1789 and began school at the age of 11 gained his PhD with a career aim of becoming a professor. Ohm was extremely interested in electricity and the then recently discovered phenomenon of electromagnetism. That led him to begin experimenting taking measurements and established a mathematical relationship, the very basis of what we know as Ohm's Law. Initially he suffered from those sceptical of his work, but it did result in the post of Professor of Physics in Nuremberg and later at the Berlin University. Some 37 years after his death, he gained the ultimate recognition when in Britain first and then at the First International Electrical Congress in Paris in 1881, the unit of resistance was named the Ohm.
0: Counting down to our centenary, we are the Wireless Institute of Australia, the world's oldest amateur radio society.
10: Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Alan Kung BA1DU of AMSAT China has provided this schedule for the amateur radio satellite HO68 for the New Year holiday. The schedule also shows the popular SSB linear transponder being switched on on New Year's Day at 2105 and at 2250 UTC. The 50kHz bandwidth linear transponder for SSB and CW operation is inverting so an LSB signal on the uplink gives a USB signal on the downlink. It uses these following frequencies. The uplink, 145.95 to 145.975 MHz. The downlink, 435.765 to 435.715 MHz. And the beacon, 435.790 MHz. The FM transponder uplink is 145.825 MHz and the downlink 435.675 MHz. A 67 Hz CTCSS tone is required. The operating schedule of interest to VKs is as follows. On the 2nd of January HO68 linear transponder, 0108 East Asia and North Asia, 0115 East Asia, South Asia and North Australia, and on the 2nd of January, HO68 FM and digital transponder again, 2310 North Australia and Japan, and 2320 Australia. Now, again, all those details are available in the printed edition of this week's news service. Visit us at www.wia.org.au worldwide special interest groups radio scouting january the 4th to the 14th the australian scout jamboree cataract park south of sydney listen and work vi2aj 2010 worldwide special interest groups rescue radio a reminder that the emergency frequencies in IIRU region 3 are 3.6 7.11 14.3 18.16 and 21.36 megahertz Now with a report from Kahuna, here's Peter Young, VK3MV.
11: This is Peter Young, VK3MV, reporting on day four from the 41st Murray River Canoe Marathon. This is an event that takes place over five days, uh, which covers 440 kilometres along the Murray River. This is the first year that the YMCA has conducted the marathon. In previous years it was conducted by the Red Cross Australia. There are a total of uh, 203 canoes entered, and the biggest number of paddlers on the river at any one time is around about 152. The number of paddlers that have been registered this year is 750, and the total Nelson community is approximately 4,200 people during this event. and Victoria has been providing safety communications for this event for 39 years and this year we have 25 operators from VK1, VK2, the majority from VK3 and VK5. This is a challenging event for Wyson as it takes place in very hostile weather conditions where the temperatures go into the high 30s each day. This is also a test of communications, equipment, battery systems and antenna systems, both on... VHF and on high frequency. And there's also a good test of communication skills in this particular environment. The network that is set up is primarily on HF with uh, VHF communications from all of the five checkpoints along the river to the safety boats that are on the water, ensuring the safety of the paddlers and clearing uh, spectator craft away from the front of the field. This is an annual event and no doubt Wysen Victoria will also be around next year and uh, always on the lookout for operators that might be able to assist. This is pretty Young signing off from Kahuna in Victoria on the Murray River, really looking forward to the last day, day five.
10: In other news, Wysen will be assisting with a horse endurance ride at St Helens in VK7 on the 22nd of May and would like to hear from members in Northern Tassie if they'd like to help out with tracking of riders and reporting movements via amateur radio. If you're interested, have a chat with Roger, VK7ARN. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne.
1: Thanks, Robert. The end of WIA National News, the end of the very first WIA National News for the year 2010. Quick look at the social scene and then we're out of here. 2010, January 4 to 14 in VK2, that Australian Scout Jamboree at Cataract Scout Park, south of Sydney. Listen and work, VI2AJ, 2010. January 24 in VK2, the Mid-North Coast Amateur Radio Group's Radio Expo, 2010. 8.30am, St John's Church Hall, McLean Street at Coffs Harbour. And January 30 in VK4, the Munya Mountains and District, Amcon. They host Ham and Wine Fest 2010 at McGlaglan. February 14 in VK3WIA100, Centre Victoria Radio Fest Number Three, Feb 27 in VK6 Hills Amateur Radio Group Swap Meet at 2 p.m. and February 28 Wyong Field Day, Wyong Racecourse. As I said, we're out of here. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly.
0: We've reported. You decide.